Kia ora koutou. welcome to Onihanga FM's Too Much Talk podcast. My name is Tim McCready and it's been a while. We've had a bit of a break following last year's local board elections but I am back for the special episode on the local board consultation that is currently underway for all 21 local boards in Tamaki, Makoto, Auckland. Today we're speaking with Maria Meredith about the draft local board plan for Mongakike Tamaki. She is chair of the local board and is keen to get your feedback before consultation closes on Monday the 14th of August. Well, uh, kia ora, uh, Maria. Thank you very much for making the time to speak with us. Uh, I wanted to begin just by just asking, you're the chair of the Mongakike Tamaki local board, and I wonder if you could tell us just a little bit about yourself and why it is that you got involved uh, in the local board. Yeah, um, kia ora. Thank you so much, um, Tim, for inviting me along uh, today to chat on Onihanga FN. Um, but basically, um, my name is Maria Meredith, and I uh, uh, was born and raised in Auckland City, so I'm a city girl. I actually live on the other side, in Auckland <laughs> Central. And However, um, I married somebody who lived in Glen Innes, and his family had been here since the 1960s. And so um, we met and uh, married, but his family migrated from Samoa. My family migrated uh, from Tonga. Mm. And so we married, we've been married for almost 40 years, and um, his family have lived just over 60 years in um, Glenninus. And uh, we had four children, um, four adult children, and they've all schooled and uh, attended local schools in that in the area so we've been very much embedded in the community for 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 many years and one of the main reasons why i did get involved in um, i suppose local politics is because our particular area in tamaki out clean in this way uh was undergoing uh, gentrification with urban development and our area started to change and so um i became involved in I saw a lot of things like protests and um, turning up to community meetings and challenging the people that were coming here to disrupt our community. So mm-hmm. um, so that's how I got involved. And then um, I had a friend who was on the local board uh, who's now the councillor, councillor Josephine Bartley. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, at the time she invited me to um, go for the by-election while she went to become a, the councillor for Maunga the ward councillor for Maunga Kiki Tamaki mm. board and basically I've been in here since the 2018 and um, chair since April 2021 and uh, yeah so the rest is history it's driven by a, a social justice uh, a passion for um, our environment uh, well-being of the community and um, just you know advocating for people that um, have issues in the communities yeah as great. Well. oh good Ooh. good to have that um that background and thank you very much for joining us uh here today we are here uh, to talk about the the local board plan um yes. the draft of which was out in june and you're currently seeking feedback from the local community which i believe has to be in by 4 p.m on monday the 14th of august which is just less than two weeks um from now um Wanted to begin by asking you, I know that these local board plans are sort of, you know, the strategic three-year plans based on community feedback, and the current plan that is being uh, circulated will run from uh, 2023 through to 2025. Could you give us a little bit of background about how those plans, how they come together? Yes, um, that's a really good point. I mean, one of the things about um, 
people kind of have to understand that is uh, the way um, the local board plan comes together, um, if I can just sort of step back a little bit, we represent roughly about 83,000 people within our local board area. And the way it works is that we develop a local plan that gets adopted over three years and that feeds into our local board work program. So you'll, you'll see different things that, that are being funded in local communities or the libraries, etc. And then that feeds into a local board agreement that we adopt every year. And then all of this comes together and gets fed into the annual budget, which is adopted by uh, Auckland Council. And then that drives their 10-year budget or the long-term plan, which gets adopted every three years. And then everything is morphed into a huge Auckland plan, which has a 30-year vision that gets refreshed every six years. And so our particular local board plan um, that we're looking at is we've drafted the plan for Mongakiki Tamaki, and we're asking people to provide feedback um, to help us kind of shape the future of our community. So in June, um, people told us what they uh, didn't want to cut from Auckland's budget and now those budgets have been confirmed and we've had more tough decisions to make in terms of what work in our area needs to be prioritised with the reduced funding. So, mm. uh, you know, we're asking the community, let us know what your, um, local priorities you would value most. So we've managed to condense this into a draft plan and uh, people will look at the different parts that they're interested in, and we welcome the feedback because it's that that particular feedback is critical, just to sort of let us know have we heard you right. So they're very good, the community, quite vocal in letting us yeah, know what they yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, and 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 as you say, it is quite an easy read. Yeah. I've had a bit of a flip through it. It's a it's forty four pages, but it is broken down into different sections. So you can you can sort of read the bits that are of most interest. Um, I, I wanted to ask you about the financial, um, the state of, of council, because, um, you know, it's been a tough, tough few years for council. There's been the pandemic, um, which, you know, had a massive um, hit on, on the books, but also the storm recovery, the weather events um, earlier this year. And it's, as you mentioned, it sort of impacts what you can do as a local board. And I mm. wondered, um, you talked about, you know, some of the cuts that will have to be made and the community was obviously very vocal about wanting particular things. But mm. when you think about the reprioritization that's that's needed um, to deal with reduced funding, what are the kinds of things that the local board is looking at um, perhaps not funding anymore? Um, I, I suppose it's probably basically to, we don't have a choice. So um, we will we are able to fund certain parts, um, you know, like we we provide um, um, the community funding pockets that um, go up every three or four years that people can apply to. Different communities are invited, or it might be, um, you know, we have to prioritise which asset are we going to invest in to fix up so it doesn't fall over, and um, you know how we. Where are we going to get the money? Do we do it this year or do we defer it to the following year? Or uh, in terms of, you know, what needs to be fixed with infrastructure? So we work with different um, council um, entities to try and deliver different projects. And it's all about timing and it's all about funding. And sometimes we're not able to deliver everything. So we have to stagger how we approach uh, different 
um, different projects. So it might be that this year, within the next uh, 12 months, we focus on um, upgrading our pools, for example, or um, repairing the roof to the library or, um, you know, giving pockets of money to an organisation to fix their roof. So um, over time, because the budget has a sinking lift, we're, we're, what we have been doing is encouraging people, don't rely on council funding um, in the future. Start looking at creating multiple partnerships with other entities so that our capacity to um, provide funding for community uh, groups or whoever will diminish over time so they don't become self-reliant. But what we're trying to do is build their capacity to connect to other organisations. So rather than having everything funded by council, they may be looking at several different buckets of funding to help um, deliver their projects. So um, in a way, council's kind of doing that with some of our own um, own um, aging assets, I suppose. You know, that's the way to go is to partner up with people and... Uh, see how we can work together to um, deliver good outcomes for the community. Yeah, so still trying to get those ev- events and, and things delivered, but but looking at other ways to fund them through public and private yeah. partners, right? Yes, yeah. just looking at, um, you know, that's how reality is. Our funding is getting less and less over time. Mm. And we uh, can count, so we'll need to focus on our, you know, what is our core business and... Uh, you know, the nice-to-haves may not be there in the future. So, you know, maybe we might be not delivering, um, you know, out, outdoor concerts or whatever it is um, every year. It might be every two years, or maybe it gets funded partially by us and a few other entities, yep. for example. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Um, the other thing, and, and sort of just asking a couple of these high-level questions, and then I want to ask you a couple of specifics about the the actual, you know, the plan. But um, but I understand from, I, th- I think, just, you know, media reports and what the mayor has said that there's been changes made this year to give local boards the ability to make more decisions than previously about services and facilities in the area. Could you tell us a little bit about what that means in practice for, for you at a, at a local board level? Yes, well, I suppose... Um for example, um, most of the past decisions um, at a regional level have been um, made by the governing body or the Auckland councillors that are board councillors that represent our different areas. So rather than take that to that particular level, they will push down local decision making to us so that if if there's some sort of infrastructure development that needs done in our particular area, we can advocate and get that project done or delivered um, in our area. It, you know, um, it might also be having to um, make decisions about whether we um, uh, review how we um, lease our properties or it might be that we might have to sell our assets in order to offset um, other things. Because generally in the past, most of those decisions are locked at the governing body. But however, sometimes there's a slight disconnect because um, they're looking at a region. Their their job is regional, ours is local. So we're on the ground. Um, they might make that decision, but at a community level, that's not what we want. You know, we might want to do something different or respond to the local needs rather than looking at the um, regional needs. So it, it, it's a pretty major responsibility. So we have to kind of put our thinking hats on and work 
with our um, Auckland Council staff advisors mm. to get the right, um, you know, make sure that we make the right decisions going forward. Right, right. Yeah, okay. Um, looking at the at the local uh, board plan, as I say, I've, I've had a bit of a flip through it, and it's broken down into five main sections, which I thought I'd just quickly rattle through so that those listening can just get a taste of what, what the plan is considering. Um, cool. So it's broken down into uh, our people, our environment, our community, our places, and our economy. And um, and I have a few specific questions that I wanted to dive into in, in, in those, but I wondered if you, just um, to begin with, if you could just tell us um, what what are the kinds of things that you're thinking about as the big kind of key issues for the Mongakeke Tamaki local board across those five sections? What 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 stands out to you? Um, probably, I, I suppose to, to to be honest, probably the key things that um, that really do stand out uh, for us is that um, we really do need to um, find ways to ensure that we upgrade our assets. Or, mm. for example, the f- community facilities, because I think um, there's either we re- upgrade them or look at building new ones in the future. So uh, I think it's just um, when I look at it going across, we need to ensure that we have good facilities mm. and, and services that can cater for our communities, because both right across the local board we are experiencing um, urban development and as our communities grow we need um, support we need services and assets that will cater for their needs and so you know we might have a community centre in a particular area but however it doesn't serve the needs of the community maybe we have to look at uh, um, investing in a facility that is multi-purpose so it has all the facilities in there, whether it's, um, you know, the library, whether it's a recreation centre, it might offer um, some social service support or medical support, a medical um, centre, for example, but just rethinking our spaces, mm. rethinking how we deliver our services and um, being a bit more smarter and cost-effective um, going forward to meet the growing uh, population. Yeah, yeah. Um, just to give us a, an idea of that, are there any, um, you know, when you when you mention sort of facilities that either need an upgrade or perhaps aren't fit for fit, fit for purpose, are there any that stand out to you that you that you'd point to? Any any sort of obvious examples? I don't want to get in trouble too. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, there was. I was at the pools this morning, and it was like quarter past six, and um, it started to rain, and like, we thought, oh my goodness, you know. Can you hear the rain? We're going, yes, yes, yes. But then we realised it was raining inside, inside, inside. Oh. <laughs> so the water was leaking in. So, but uh, the the funny thing was that the roof is being repaired. So um, we need to invest in our ageing assets. Yeah. You know, yeah. keep keep upgrading them. Um, if I look at Maori Kiki, you've got all those facilities out there with Jordan Rec and whatever, and. Mm. Maybe in the future, um, Tim, we might be lucky to, um, you know, build something new out there that is um, multi-purpose and services the wider community. Or, um, as we have been doing for so many years, is just keep upgrading and keep patching up what we've got um, until until the opportunity arises where we may be able to source um, funding in the future to you know, replace some of these aging assets. So, yeah, um, mm. very mindful of it. Um, 
And that's one thing I discovered coming onto the local board is that, you know, we have some great community assets. Um, we've got people keen and eager to use them. You know, how can we improve on things to make sure that people um, want to use them <laughs> so that yeah. they're not mm. falling over? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. The roof isn't leaking. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, we don't we don't have time to necessarily go through every single point in the local board um, plan that you've got out for consultation. But I do have a couple of specific questions um, that would be great to get your your thoughts on. Um, the first is um, there's a mention in the local board plan that in Mongaki Hitamaki we have some of the most polluted waterways in all of Auckland. Uh, what are the kinds of things that the local board might look at to address that, or what can the local board do? What we have done is we. Um we tend to provide funding for um, environmental groups to go and clean up the awa. So um, it may involve um, funding um, a particular youth group, for example, or it might be an environmental group um, that do the um, clean up in and around the um, waterways. So, if, and then there's other things that council will do is they will uh, fund testing of the water to test the health of the water. Um, the, the officers will go down and do a site visit so that, you know, um, we're not just saying we're going to do it, but we're actually on the ground doing it. And um, certainly with our community, they will, you know, contact council, let us know, um, or even our local board that, you know, someone's dumped rubbish somewhere or whatever. And we, you know, it's an operational thing, but if we work together with um, different uh, partners and the community it's about just watching out for each other and ensuring that we are um, keeping the waterways clean because I think the grade levels of some parts of the waterways were quite low mm. and it hasn't helped with the uh, recent storms as well which has altered um, the health of the waters. Mm. You know, those storms haven't been helpful at all on all, no. on all counts. No. Um, another point, and you sort of touched on this earlier, but the local board plan talks about disposing of underutilised assets that are reaching the end of their life cycle. Just, I wondered what that meant. Maybe if you could tell us a little bit more about what that what that could mean for the region. Well, um, uh, for example, if I can think of a particular example, there was um, a, um, a building that has been unused for a number of years, but really it's not fit for purpose because it would fa fail the building code and it's because the roof if you can imagine 50 or so years ago they built these um, buildings with what was deemed as good material but then it turns out that it's um it's asbestos and so they you know you you, you just can't work in a building that's unhealthy so mm. that that for example is an example of um, having to you know, remove those assets and in its place we might be fortunate enough to build something new and partner up with somebody else to fund it. Um, but sometimes, um, you know, it, it maybe it might mean we have to sell it or, or, or lease it out or whatever, but remove the um, building or whatever that's, you know, there. Or, you know, find creative ways to sort of... Uh, what we're trying to do, Tim, is find creative ways to generate revenue, and that's what it means by um, those particular assets. So it's mm. really about looked, looking at optimization. You know, do we need it? Is anyone using it? You know, how much is it going to cost to replace? You know, um, should it be on our books, or can we find a way to um, 
repurpose that site or do mm. something different with it. But yeah, um, and I must say we don't. I think uh, we don't have too many, but of the ones that are there, other people may be interested in, in acquiring those assets. Yeah, sure. Some yeah, tough decisions uh, to be made. Yes. I'm sure. Um, looking at the when I had a look at the the climate action section, there was an interesting point in there that said um, that there should be an increase in local board decision making over local assets and services, exploring a range of options that can have a positive environmental or can have positive environmental outcomes, such as reducing our building footprint on open spaces. Um, just wondered what that that increase in local board decision making might look like. Okay. Um. I suppose a really good example, Tim, is um, what we've done um, recently um, is that our local board now, uh, we don't use our building in, and it's based in Pamua, but we no longer use it because it's not really fit for purpose. So now we are operating our, our workshops and business out of um, Puketapapa, uh, mm-hmm. local board office in Mount Albert. So if you think about that, we're not occupying that space we're saving power water and uh, a whole lot of other things but we're downsizing our footprint um in that way um our meetings are sometimes held hybrid as well so either online or in person where it has to be but mm-hmm. uh yeah no i think that example encouraging people to use um public transport e-scooters um you know just being mindful of um, recycling, as you know, we've introduced those new um, those new bins. Um, yep, the food the food waste food, food scraps. waste ones. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we're, we're trying all these different um, strategies to encourage people to be a bit more mindful because the um, weather, the the bad weather that we the flooding that that we experienced earlier this year. I suspect will not stop. So we, mm. we have to kind of think about what are we doing as people of today? Um, you know, what are we doing to contribute to reducing um, emissions? You know, how can we change the way we live? Um, you know, uh, are we kind of thinking about how many laptops and, and phones we acquire because of all the um, materials that are contained in them? You know, you, you start to kind of question what is biodegradable mm. you know what is reusable how can i change the way i live personally and in my family right mm. Mm. yeah um you, you mentioned and kind of final question about the local board plan i guess but um you mentioned uh, right at the start of, of our conversation that um you know people really want these cultural events that have you know really been um quite you know you know prominent features of the um, Auckland landscape they want them to continue so things like Pacifica and the Kapahaka competitions Um, I know that you're looking at um, ways that these can evolve so that they that these groups can get funding from other sources but do you see um, these kind of things that are that are such vibrant points on our on our city kind of on our calendar do you see them continuing at least for the you know in the short term while they transition to um, to finding funding elsewhere Particularly Just, those that are held in Mongakeke Tamaki. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, if you think about the Onehanga Bay's um, festival, um, we've got the Pamir Festival. The, the, there's a whole, and, and of course, we've got the Christmas lights. Um, I think it's got a new name now, but um, Christmas in the Park, I think, is a new name. Mm. But um, yeah, I think 
to me personally, I think those particular public events are critical for community well-being. Um, you know, times are tough, people are struggling, money's getting tight, the rising cost of living. And I think part of um, community well-being is being able to deliver these particular um, events to the community is important for community engagement, for well-being, for cultural diversity, and for mm. you know human interaction, because um, some people can't afford to go to you know the big concerts or um, take their family out or wherever. But when you provide these free um, community events, you know it, it just gives people their you know it helps to uplift people's wild or makes them feel happy. Mm. They're getting out and about with their family somewhere that's free and somewhere where they can just sit and relax and uh, be entertained and and engage in the activities that are being offered. But I think it contributes to overall community well-being, Tim. Mm, mm, I think that's, yeah, I think that's right. Um, just looking at the, the consultation now, um, you know, that's why we're having this conversation. And you mentioned that, you, you know, you do want feedback from the community on the local plan um, as a local board and, you know, as, for you as, as chair. But, but why, why is um, that feedback from the community important? And what do you do with the feedback as part of the process? So uh, um, I would say to people, you know, it's your place. So we need to use your voice. The local board need to help with decisions on funding and plans for our area. So, you know, we let us know if you agree with the plan or you've for or if you have any other ideas. Um I think it's really important um just to get that community feedback. Um, you know, it's really easy to go online. You go to akhabiosay.co.nz and go to local board plans and you look for Mangakiki Tamaki plan and just read through it and give us your feedback. You can pop into the Onihanga Glen and the Sopamio Library to provide feedback. But for me, I think it's important to be inclusive of the community because um, the feedback we've collected so far is rich. If there's anything we've missed, put your hand up now and so that we can um, get it included in the plan and find some sort of way to fund it or at least have it on our books going mm. forward to uh, develop. Mm. I've just gone to that website, so akhaveyoursay.co.nz, and it looks like a pretty straightforward website to use. The um, the the local board plan as it stands is 44 pages or thereabouts. People don't have to write uh, they don't, you know, they don't have to address every single point in the local on the local plan, yes. right? They can just yes. um, provide comment on on the bits that they're that they're interested in. So it shouldn't be shouldn't be seen as too daunting to f- to fill that out. Yes, no, absolutely. I mean, one thing we, that we did advocate strongly for Tim was to ensure that our um, public libraries remained open for people and um, uh, the what were the other services, making sure that our pools pools were um, getting upgraded so we just want to hear you know have we got it right is there something we've missed you know is there something that we should shift our focus on in the future and um, is there something among you keepy that you're not happy with or um, would you like us to add more to it or whatever Um, the only way we can invest in this is to get that community feedback which is critical 
Yeah, so important for people to do. Um, just just finally, could you just tell us where to from here? So people provide feedback. I think that's got to be in um, uh, within the next couple of weeks. Um, and then uh, what happens from there? Okay, so once the feedback comes in, we're going to take it all in, and then what we'll um, do is work with our team to uh, fine-tune um, the draft and ensure that we capture um, the feedback within this local board plan. And then once the local board plan um, is finalised, we adopt it formally later this year um, in September. And, and then from there, the funding gets allocated to invest in different parts. So we'll have a... We'll have the plan, but then we'll have a work program that falls beneath the um, the local board plan, and then that's where we start to allocate funding to invest in different projects that will benefit Maori Kiki Tambaki local board community. Excellent, great, and then we start to see start to see things come to life, which will be yes, fantastic. Yes, yes. Um, just final question before we finish: anyone that comes on this podcast gets asked um, this final question. So, um, I wonder if you could tell us one of your favourite places in Onihanga and why you love it. Well, yeah, um, that is. You know what I really love is I love um, Onihanga Mall. Um, I grew up in uh, Ponsonby. Oh yeah, and it just reminds me of Ponsonby, yeah, because of the um, cultural diversity, the range of shops, um, and the prices are really good down there. And you've got variety, but more so because um, it's kind of quirky because you've got a mix, uh, an collective mix of people, and I just love it. It's um, yeah, it just reminds me of being at home in Auckland Central. I, lo- and, I love uh, hearing that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of weird and that's uh, we do I, the other favourite spot is Waikometi Cemetery because I've got about four generations buried there. Wow. So I've been coming here since um, since I was a child, maybe since the 70s because my grandfather's uh, brother had a house in Arthur Street. And um, wow. so it very much feels to me like a like home. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. nice. But, nice to hear. Yeah. A lot. Of, a lot of people say Onihanga Mall is one of their favourite spots, which is um, which is really yeah. great. It is, as you say, very eclectic. What you can find there. Yeah, and and the food, the food, the range of food that they offer there is excellent, and uh, and everyone's friendly, and that's why I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Love yeah. to hear it. Well, thank you so much, uh, Maria, for taking the time to talk to us, telling and telling us a little bit more about your role in uh, on the local board and uh, why this consultation is so important. Thank you. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks for listening. Please share this podcast with others if you think they might have something to say in the local board consultation. Remember that you only have until the 14th of August to have your say. And stay subscribed to Too Much Talk. The 2023 general election is coming up and we'll be back in the lead up to October the 14th talking to candidates that are hoping to win that ever important swing seat of Monga Kea Kea.